Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dice Collectors podcast. As you can tell, this is not the voice of MB. This is Haley. I normally play the character Amthi in our main campaign, but today we have a little something extra special for y'all. I am finally starting to get the courage to want to DM my own one shot, and I have a ton. I know, (laughs) Gary. Uh, I have a ton of questions and concerns. And since we are a podcast and be our resident DM, and I thought it would be interesting to do like a little bit of an interview and have a conversation on how to be a good DM. So hopefully y'all find this interesting. Um, Hi, MB. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm MB. I use she, her pronouns and I typically DM, but I also love playing. And I think my answers will, because I DM mostly D&D, might be more applicable to D&D, but I will try to make it as universal as possible since I know that you're not planning necessarily on running a D&D one shot. Nope, I have ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to start, I thought it might be good for the audience to know a little bit on both of our experiences with D&D and TTRPGs at this point. So sorry if this is a little bit of a double up, if anybody listened to our fireside chat during the middle of our campaign. Um, But I personally really did not have a lot of experience in D&D or TTRPGs before the podcast. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Um, But I know you've been doing it a little bit longer, so... Yeah, I started DMing in 2018 or 2019, so going on four or five years, and I had zero experience going into it, but I wanted to play, and so I just DMed for a group of my family and said, hey, we're going to play this game and we're going to learn as we go. And since then, I've played in a couple campaigns, which I think actually gives a really interesting perspective on DMing because you get the other side of things. And then the Dice Collectors podcast is really the first full campaign that I started DMing because I had just done one shots before that. So do you enjoy being a player more or a DM more? That's such a hard question (laughs) because like the DM is a player. Like you have to remember that. Like if you're not having fun and you're not enjoying the game, it's not like it's not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. So I, I think I enjoy... Okay, here's the thing. I haven't run like a module or like a preset adventure yet. And I would really like to try that because I feel like that would be really fun to kind of make it my own and kind of homebrew things. But I do like the freedom that DMing gives me to kind of like make shit up as I go along. (laughs) And granted, players can do the same thing. But I feel like there's um, some group dynamics that you might have to navigate, like playing in a party even in things like monster hearts, right? Like you're playing Mm -hmm. off of other players rather than really kind of exploring the world dynamic rather than the party dynamic. So I feel like you can go in a lot of different ways, but I I like DMing a lot. It just takes a lot more time than playing too. So when I'm overwhelmed, it's nice to be a player. (laughs) Well, since your first time really playing was as a DM, how did that go? Did it was it awesome? Did you learn some <laughs> valuable lessons right away? Absolutely. I learned a lot of valuable lessons. So after I DM'd for, for the first time, it was supposed to be a one shot. It ended up going for two days. Like we broke it up into like two, like eight hour sessions because no one, everyone I was playing with also was new. So it was a lot of, well, how do I roll a D20? <laughs> Which one yeah. is a D6? <laughs> so it was, it was interesting. Um, And it took a long time. And so after that, I kind of started listening to some like 
how to DM podcasts or so there's a couple good ones that I really like. Sly Flourish has a really good one. He writes for D&D Beyond and a couple other like big TTRPG groups um, and writes pretty decent articles and has his own podcast about how he preps for his games. He has a book about how to DM and like tips and tricks that he talks about on the podcast. And then the other one that I really enjoy is uh, How Not to DM, which is an Mm -hmm. interview podcast which is a bunch of different DMs coming on and giving their perspectives on how they run their games. So um, lots of cool resources out there that I was really excited to learn from. But I think the biggest thing is like prepare more, but get ready to cut for time. Like essentially, especially if it's a one shot. Yeah. Like if it's a campaign, you can like end the session and say, great, I have more prepared for next session. I don't have to do as much prep in between. But if it's a one shot, you really want to be able to make sure that people are engaging and have enough to do but also you want to keep it probably between three and four hours total (laughs) and for a podcast like ours you want to keep it probably a little shorter because we keep our episodes around two hours max yeah and we always get off topic (laughs) yeah yeah our one shots tend to be one and two parters because of that So just bouncing off of that too, what's the hardest thing to try to prepare for? Sometimes like players' reactions are not what you expect. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I'll present an NPC that I like has some good information or something and like expect you to engage with them. And you don't even care about them. Like, they're not interesting to you. We'll talk to the party eventually. (laughs) Umpty wanted to. Well, and, and it's just like, okay, so now what do I do with that information? How else can you get that information? This is less like how to prepare and more just like in running the games. I find it hard to remember sometimes. Like if I want to give you information and it's information you should have, I need to stop asking you to roll for it. <laughs> I should just give it to you. Like there should be information that you can just get um, and like progression should not be blocked by a dice roll right so like if you roll in that one that shouldn't just stop the one shot yeah (laughs) or the campaign (laughs) but in terms of preparation there's a couple like shortcuts that I take so NPC names are really hard (laughs) if it was up to me if I was improvising everything everyone would be named David or Joe like we have a couple (laughs) Joffreys yeah <laughs> so I tend to write down like name ideas for places uh places and people beforehand. Um so like I usually have like a list of tavern names or ship names since we are kind of in a coastal area for the most of the campaign. Like ships that you'll see in the harbor or people that you'll run into. So I just have like a random list of names that I went to like fantasynamegenerator.com or names that I think sound cool that I'll have as like things that I can uh, a list that I can pull from and use and then cross it off and then replace it for the next episode (laughs) yeah I'm hoping to use a module so hopefully that'll help with a little bit of that yeah and like for for one shot especially like having four to five NPCs that you can kind of place ubiquitously throughout the Mm -hmm. the one shot like all right, you're going to go to the tavern. Sure. Joe is there. You're All right. You're going to go to the library. Sure. Uh, Candace is there. <laughs> like I could, you could just place them wherever and it'll kind of work. Or, you know, you were originally going to have Joe have the information. Maybe Candace has it some other way. So I think that's kind of like what I, what I would say It's just like having like backups is helpful. Yeah. So 
while we're talking about NPCs, how much kind of thought do you put into NPCs? Like, is it name? Is it, you know, do you think a name, you know, and then their occupation? Do you think of personalities? I know you have some great like accents and voices that you have done <laughs> that we have all loved. Um, so it depends. For me, accents are not like my strong suit. So I tend to use them for NPCs that I think will last an episode or two. And that's it. Okay. Because <laughs> that's how long I'll, re- I'll remember it. <laughs> for more important NPCs, I think about like what their motivations are. I think about like what their one or two like traits and or flaws to kind mm-hmm. of help build out a personality, right? Like, are they really greedy? Do they really want to get somewhere? Are they in a hurry? Just something like simple that kind of helps develop their interactions with the party at the time that they come across them. Um, And a lot of it, honestly, is improv Mm -hmm. (laughs) for better or for worse. I'm just like, um, okay, didn't expect the party to lore dump on this NPC. Sure. (laughs) How do they react? (laughs) But yeah, I feel like having a name is just helpful. And like, like I said, that list is even if I don't have like a name for the NPC when I am thinking about that their creation I can just pull from the list and say sure that person's name is xyz Mm -hmm. (laughs) Joffrey yeah Joffrey (laughs) the (laughs) go-to but at least I'll have like some motivation for the NPC or a potential role that they can play for the party and then once the party is interacted with an NPC and that relationship has developed a little bit I think about potential like repercussions for that interaction Mm -hmm. and like what the NPC might do next like the halfling that ran away in session one right that went that disappeared right I'm like all right cool they they they're gone what what are they doing now where are they what's happening with this demon summoning or whatever was going on there so it's just in terms of preparation you're going to kind of do some before and after work yeah I think that's a really good point that yeah, DMs have to think about a lot more characters and what they're doing in the meantime or abroad. And players are just like, all right, they're out of sight, out of mind. Who is this person from three sessions ago? <laughs> well, and the opposite will happen too. Like, I'm sure that there are NPCs that left a better impression on you all that I'm just like, I pulled that out of my ass. I have mm-hmm. no idea who, I don't remember their name. I don't remember their accent. I don't remember anything. So you are you all are going to have to remind me. And then I'll be able to to better play the, them if they pop up again. Yeah. My echoes, happy and sad, I think their names were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sad and all the lonelies. Yes, all the lonelies. <laughs> um, so how much preparation actually pays off then? Like if you had to give like a number to it, or if you just like mm. really can't, like how much do players actually mess stuff up? How much do we mess things up? <laughs> how bad should I feel? <laughs> I tend to go, and this is mostly for campaign level stuff, right? So I'll build out like, or estimate like an hour for each scene that I have prepared. Okay. And then, and and it might take more or less, right? So if it's like a quick interaction, maybe it'll take a half hour instead. But I know that there's going to be conversations among the party members. There's going to be some planning going on. There's going to be some investigation, and it might depend on what the, the session's focusing on, right? We've had a couple episodes that were like just battles and combat mm-hmm. or like a scene and then combat. And so it really depends on the scenario and like where you all are at the time. 
But in terms of prep work, if I have like a good idea of where the campaign is going, here's a hint. I have no idea how this campaign is going to end. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't have an end goal in mind. I have a couple like plot hooks and things that are kind of roaming around Mm -hmm. because I wanted this to be as like an open sandboxy campaign as possible based off of y'all's backstories. Yeah. So there's a couple ideas floating around I have based off the information I have about your characters. But in terms of prep time, I kind of go because it's a campaign for as much as I feel comfortable building out or have the energy or ideas for, which could be an hour. It could be two. It could be, you know, I'm on a roll. And so I'm going to spend a lot of time looking into monster stat blocks and things like that to kind of figure things out. It might take a little longer. But for like a one shot, I wouldn't spend more than like, two to three hours building it out kind of especially for your like your first time Mm -hmm. I would say like a one shot should fit on one page and then like maybe some supplements for like monster stat blocks or handouts or like excerpts if you're doing something that like requires a note or something that you want to draft out as like kind of a fun prop but like the the scenes and like kind of plot of the one shot should shouldn't take more than a page yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, but speaking of battle and like combat, I think that's one of the things that I'm most scared of because I know mm-hmm. Torius has been on a couple different episodes um, and he's my fiance. And so he's DMing a campaign that we're doing at home. And that's one of the things that he seems to talk about the most is like trying to figure out how to balance like some the bad guy. And so that, you know, we have fun during combat, but also we're not all dying so is that really stressful for you? I know we tend to, I don't know if it's your style so much as like our party, but we don't do a ton, ton of combat. So how difficult is that to plan out? Yeah, so I tend to view, con- like, I don't want every session necessarily to have combat. I want a, a more variety than like, okay, it's the combat session or where's the combat this session? We haven't had one. It must be coming up sort of mindset from you all as players I want you guys to be able to kind of freely roam and have your actions have consequences Mm -hmm. so that if an action leads to a battle it means something more than just here's your daily dose or or episodic dose of combat (laughs) I think the the like for travel pieces like I have a couple opportunities I tend to have you all roll to see how your how your travel goes between like city to city essentially and I have like other encounters that are possible as well like you all running into this other adventuring party mm-hmm. or you know something that you the elephants that you saw right that that was a that was a role <laughs> I'm like what are other things that you all can see and do on the journey that isn't just combat because I think that that gets old after a time um and then in terms of like actually prepping the combat and balancing the encounter I'll fully admit I cheat <laughs> I thought maybe (laughs) um you know and I think other dms do this it's really hard I mean the dms guide has a balancing like thing and like other systems have ways to balance encounters but there are it's just so hard there's too much opportunity to like to crit five times in a Mm -hmm. row or have your party miss every attack in a round which means that this 100 hp monster that does 66 damage every turn like is gonna kill your party especially if they're low level 
so it's just a matter of like kind of feeling out how the combat goes sometimes and so sometimes i will add monsters for the the combat outside serenade there were like waves Mm -hmm. there was also like the goal was to get to the gate you guys didn't have to fight every single monster i put in your path you could have just kept kind of running through which i think rock attempted to do or someone attempted to to brace the door (laughs) and it didn't and didn't work really (laughs) Yeah, well, but that was the point, though. Like, you didn't necessarily have to be the ones to kill the monster because there were other things happening mm-hmm. in the battle. The goal was to make sure that the monsters couldn't get into the town. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would have just been ruined. So I think it's kind of balancing the combat in terms of giving other either secondary or primary goals for the the, the encounter. And then also, if your monster is, like, hitting every time think about like what they would actually do like would they be targeting one creature one party member would they spread out their attacks kind of thinking about how the monster would strategize and then i'll be uh like i said i I kind of cheat so if a monster's hitting hard sometimes i will lower the damage that that die that they do Mm -hmm. so instead of you know rolling 2d10 i'll roll 1d10 or i'll roll 2d8 instead just because i don't and this all depends on style too because there are some like hardcore survivalist campaigns out there yeah. where like the goal is to survive in which case maybe the dm wants to kill the, the party <laughs> <laughs> my goal isn't necessarily to kill the party but it is to put you all in enough danger that that's a possibility so it means i think it means a little bit more if that would happen like ompy's gone yeah. down at least once very stressful <laughs> <laughs> And the nature of the the party composition too makes it interesting because like bronze super hard to hit sometimes <laughs> and hits back hard. I think it's, well, I don't know how much it is us versus the fact that like we are a podcast. Obviously we want it to be kind of entertaining too, mm-hmm. but I know that we do tons of like combat se- sequences where like um, they'll go around or two or Braun will go around or two and like we're we don't want to hit them right away. We still think we can save the day and like talk our way out of it or charm our way out of something. Which I love creative solutions to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's something that I, I'm always the person in a video game too. If I can avoid the big bad, I'll just sneak around. Yep. <laughs> love Dishonored. That's another reason why I like the milestone leveling rather than like XP leveling yeah. because it encourages other modes other than combat to like level up and like progress the the story that's a good point yeah i'm only thinking in terms of one shots so i haven't even thought about (laughs) yeah having to level up and how that would work well since you're talking about like at being a podcast too how much does the Mm -hmm. fact that like we are being recorded and this gets put for whoever wants to listen to it online does that impact your style of dming at all does it impact your stress level at all is it just doesn't matter. I don't think it really affects my stress level. I feel it sometimes afterwards when I'm editing because I am very aware of like all of the ums and likes that fill my speech, which as a DM, I do talk a lot. And it's always nice when there's a good section of audio where I'm like, go role play amongst yourselves. Give (laughs) give me a break. I'm sick of hearing my own voice. (laughs) And that's something too, like where I'm still kind of learning how to hand the reins over. Like, I think every time I DM, it's like a learning experience. Like, how did the session go? How did, how am I feeling about the the game? But I really, when I sit down to play with you all, I kind of just focus on the game. Um, I don't really think about the podcast aspect of it. 
until the editing section when I'm <laughs> have to hear your own voice. <laughs> when I'm well, and I also shorten things for like making th- it more concise and easier to tell the story. Um, so if I go off on a tangent and repeat myself ten times, I cut out some of the, the repetition as well, but keep all the good story bits in. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we need to be told things a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think I'm gonna have to be reminding myself constantly um, when I do DM is to just like, let silence kind of just happen. Like, yes, that's really awkward in a normal conversation, let alone in a podcast. But like people, players need that to figure out and jump in too, because we have you know, I'm very talkative, but we have other players who are a little bit less talkative. So giving, you know, everybody the opportunity to express what their character would do. Yeah. And the beauty of editing is that we can see yeah. the silences and cut them out. So it seems like a seamless conversation, even if, especially because we're doing this over Zoom too. So sometimes those vocal cues or body language to say, like, I have an idea or I'm going to start speaking. We get some crosstalk. It gets awkward. Mm-hmm. We just cut all that out. All the secrets y'all are learning about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to pivot a little bit and to get in a little bit more um, story-ness, I am curious what your worst D&D or like TTRPG experience or like memory was in general, just to try to make me feel better Mm. about what could potentially happen. And to buy you a little bit of time, uh, part of the reason why it took me a, a while to get into D&D is because I did try it once. And one of the people, we were all new to it. And one of the people that we were playing with was just like, not really into it, didn't really want to do a lot of the role playing. I think they were like a barbarian or something. So all they had to do was punch and they didn't really seem into it which made it harder for me to get into it Mm. and why I really appreciate like our group also when we did our like big session zero I don't we didn't record that even but my like character in that had like an awful husband and I didn't know about it and so all the like Jess and Tophie and them would catch on like be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, whatever my character said anything. So I was, I thought it was me. And it was like, no, my character just doesn't know that my husband's a butthead and is like cheating on me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. At the end. Everyone like had a rumor or secret about another player or another NPC or character, I think, which was, I think, interesting, but maybe not the best for like a, a session zero I don't know it was great but I was like oh okay cool so it's just my character's dumb not not me Haley <laughs> it, it definitely opened up some interesting role play opportunities it did but um it was a lot of fun I'm glad you enjoyed it I think the worst experience I had was um as a player actually and it was a player that despite like role playing a plan with the group like we came up with a plan we were gonna stick to it every single time they would deviate or do something that like went against the party's interests and was like well that's what my character would do Mm -hmm. like the typical like the rogue I'm gonna be yeah I'm gonna be the chaotic neutral shithead (laughs) um and I was just like it wasn't fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have to remember that you're playing as a group like even it's it's any TTRPG really even like 10 candles right when we're putting up obstacles for ourselves 
is a cooperative storytelling game. And that's at least the piece that I like most about it. There are definitely other people who like the mechanics and the crunchiness and the numbers and whatnot. And that's what they get out of it. But for me, I like the improv tell Mm -hmm. bouncing like the storyline off of each other sort of progression. And it's totally fine to have conflict within a party, right? But we would have instances where that would happen. And then we would talk to the character in character and say, okay, this can't happen in the future. We need to like work together. We had a plan. Let's stick to it. Um, And then they would do the same thing every time. So, and then we had conversations out of character about it too. And it's just like, I don't think this is working out. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel better because uh, my one shot is probably going to be you and Torius and I know y'all are decent, so I don't have to worry about y'all contributing and participating. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another reason why session zeros are really helpful to yeah. make, especially if you're playing with a new group, like to make sure that everybody jives, that you're all are on the same page about what the goal is of the story. And for like a podcast, we have kind of other, like we have to market the podcast. And- yeah produce episodes and like it's not just like we're playing for ourselves um so we also have to make it entertaining but also thinking about like being honest to our characters and the story that we want to tell so it's interesting yeah i think it's really beautiful that like there are so many different dms that have different dm like strategies that they use and styles that was the fun five letter word that i couldn't remember different styles (laughs) and different players you know want different things out of sessions too so i think that that's awesome because you could have a session zero and it could not go great but that's not like personal that's just you're allowed to have you know your own different experience and different you know desires out of a ttrpg especially when you get emotional (laughs) and people start dying (laughs) Well, and for the campaign too, like every arc, I also gave you all like a Google form of like feedback sheets so that I understood kind of where everybody was at in terms of balance of, you know, combat roleplay, exploration, opportunities to do your own stuff, what goals you had for your character that you hadn't been able to explore yet, things like that, that kind of helped me check in with all of you individually and as a party to kind of make sure that I was on the right track and guiding the game as well. Yeah, I think that's definitely important for dms to do especially for like long-term campaigns yeah well because we're not super depressing too what's your best dnd memory because i've expressed that that one moment where Amthi saved bro- uh rock from drowning which i totally should not have been able to do but you let me do it like i Amthi felt like a badass i felt like a badass <laughs> so what's been your like best dnd like moment I'm going to keep it to this campaign. Smart. Um, and I think the reactions to Matsuyabelli and Zing mm-hmm. were definitely my favorite moments. Like, they were kind of one-off NPCs. Um, I wasn't... Uh, the one came from Noxara's one-shot because Ghosty wasn't able to make the session where you all had shipwrecked originally. So Noxara had their own adventure, which I thought was really fun. And we did, like, kind of a one-on-one thing they came from there and they were a little bit helpful for the party just to get you all out of the plane of air (laughs) um i fully didn't really expect you all to to love them so much it's a dragon (laughs) with an accent what's not to love (laughs) it's a mario dragon (laughs) (laughs) and same with zing zing was totally like a one-off i i don't know if you all will ever meet them again they're still in the war in the world but who knows they had such a cute voice too (laughs) um and then just my last question which is very obvious just do you have any advice 
for a new DM or something else that I should know that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, um, let yourself take the pressure off, especially for like a one shot. We fully like, and especially because you'll be running likely in a different mm-hmm. system than D and D. No one will know the rules. No one will know if you mess up. The audience will know. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I like the rule of cool and I like the the DMs, whatever the DM says goes yeah. or the GM, right? So if you can't find a rule, just say, yeah, we're going to go with this <laughs> and let that be the ruling, <laughs> especially for a one shot where it's not going to matter that that mechanic may only come up once in the game. Yeah. So Well, we do have such an amazing audience too. They haven't called us out too much. yeah well that's all that I had thank you for answering some of my questions I'm really excited I just you know have summer and a wedding to plan but I really 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 want to get into this and I think I found a module that I like so hopefully we can play soon and nice if it goes well then we can use the system more because it's a really fun system that I'm excited to play and dm awesome I'm excited (laughs) to play it awesome well have a uh Good night. How do we usually sign off these? Thanks for listening. We're on Twitter, X, whatever that is now. I look out. I all I have to say is that's the end of the yep. session. That's <laughs> cue the cue the X, 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 X yeah, cue, cue the, the outro. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more Dice Collectors content, follow us on Twitter at Dice Collectors and check out our Patreon. If you like the show, give us a review and a holler. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep rolling.